You're listening to Coach Talk, a podcast about coaching for improvement in health and social care. Here you will meet several international experts and coaches to discuss challenges, opportunities, models and tools that might be useful when you coach others to make improvements. Today we are in Sweden and we will have a chat with Eva-Marie Sundqvist and I know Eva-Marie as a very brilliant coach uh, but she has a special method. She is quite fond of what we call solution-focused coaching. Uh, Eva-Marie, can you explain a little bit first about your experience and then a bit about solution-focused coaching? Yes, thank you Nicolene. Uh, I got in touch with Solution Focus for the first time, I think, in 2004. I was working in a project with long-term sick leave, people that were on long-term sick leave. And I got to go on a conference and I got to listen to some Solution Focus people in Sweden. And I felt that this was, um, it landed well with my occupational therapist education. And I worked as an occupational therapist at that time. I like because it focuses on strengths, it focuses on what you want, it focuses on resources. Uh, it feels good to me to talk about resources and strengths and goals. It always has. And I don't know if it's me as a person or it's my occupational therapist or a mix of it. Can you explain me a bit? You say it focuses on resources. Um, my experience is when we are talking about resources, we are talking about people and about money. Is that what you mean? I mean more about people, not money. More the strengths you have and the experience and the things you have experienced before that you can use again. Because most people have been through things and they have managed a lot of things in their lives that they can use again. But you have to talk about it. You don't you don't remember all the things you have done. It's easier to remember your wrongs and when it hasn't turned out well. Okay, so you mm. see uh, resources as past experience that will help you to to manage this challenge you are now. Yes. And you are talking about people who were long-term sickness. C mm. Can you see a similarity to, to teams who are working with improvement? Um, when I started, the, the solution focus has a base from family therapy, but during the years it has developed and they also use it in organizational development. And I think it's a very strong tool to use when you do work with improvement work or development. Because often, if you're at a workplace, there are some difficulties, but you, can, you can't find a single cause that caused your problems. And it's if you start talking about whose fault it is and how did this problem start, you often end up with talking to blame people and then people get defensive. And then I think the solution focus is an easier and more optimistic way and it gives you strength and hope. Hope is a big thing, I think, because you start talking about we might have this problem, but then you have to focus on what, what do we want instead. You don't dig to find out why we had the problem because sometimes you can't figure it out. It's so far behind and it's so complex and it, so many things that it, it's the cause for it. So it, you have to start talking about what you want. And then after we, you have figured out the goal, what you want, you have to start thinking what, what do we already have. 
because most of the time you have a lot of things in place already. I think the people who are listening to this spot, um, a lot of people have different forms of coaching. So when you are saying um, don't dig deeper and don't mm -hmm. look at the cause of your problem, I think we are going to lose some listeners <laughs> or maybe we have some listeners who are curious. So mm. um, is that true? Don't we need to understand the problem? I think it's you have to you have to understand if it it's if it is a problem because sometimes if you skip that part and you just jump to a solution it might go wrong but you have to understand if it is a problem so you might might need to have some baseline measurement to know if it, this is a problem that exists or not uh, my world that I work with now is a lot of this sick leave you have to write a sick certificate and there is the sick leave in Sweden is high and we have tried all different to find out whose fault is it that is high. Is it a social insurance company or is it the, uh, the doctor who writes the certificate or is it a patient? But we don't, find, uh, we don't find one answer and we have been digging for a lot of years and we still haven't found the answer on this. So maybe we have to start looking on what we want and work towards that because I don't think we would never find out the real cause of it. It is so many things that affects the results. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mm. you're right. I think you can find a cause mm. when you talk about technological mm. problems, then something is broke. So yeah. you have to repair something. So you have to find out what is mm. broke. Uh, but when you are in relationships with several organizations, like the, you have the security company, you have the hospital, primary care, it is not a technological problem. No. It's a problem of relationships and cooperation and then you can't go mm. in and let's find out who, mm. who is the fault. So I think you're right. Um, so tell me a little bit more about this jumping. You, you, you used the word jump. What did you mean by um, that? Oh, what, what do I say? Oh, my memory is short. Can I say jump? Um, I was thinking uh, if you if you are you know the problem you said you mm. need to know the problem mm. but then you go and and jump if if you know it's a problem that you have and you can't find an easy things to fix it like an easy single course then you might with the group start to discuss what what do we want how what do we want instead how do we want it to be and then you can they have to figure out what do we already have so we don't jump all the way to the end you have to start thinking, what do we have in place? Most workplaces and most people have a lot of resources and they do a lot of things. And there are even been times when you have performed as you want. You have already done that. You have to explore that a bit. You have to, to really think and talk about and think about what you already do and what you have. And Okay, so you are exploring mm. um, the, the opportunities that mm. maybe went very well. Mm. You are going to explore that a little bit more. When and learn we, about it. When did mm. we work well? Mm. And what did we have in place mm. then? Mm. Yeah. And after that you have to figure out what, what could be our next step, a small step to reach for our end, the goal, what we want. Most of the time I think we take two big jumps there. We take a giant leap. Mm. Instead of thinking, what can I do this Friday? that takes me towards the goal. 
and then what can I do in two weeks and in one month and half a year? Where do I want to be in eight months? You split it up. Yeah, and as I understand, the solution-focused coaching is looking a lot to facts, to, to really behavior, mm. not to just, oh, I will feel better. No. You ask the question, how do we notice? Mm. So there, there is a lot of collecting yeah. facts. Yeah, you have to keep your eyes on the surface, what you can see, what will happen. Yeah, so can mm. you give me some example of a team? What, what if, we, if we just mm. don't talk about just coaching a person, but coaching an a improvement team? team. Mm. We we work with it, our, we had like monthly meetings at work and then we use it because we start to uh, we have a few goals that we follow and then we start to asking each other like where are we now? How far have we reached? And we usually do it on scales. Like one is nothing is in place and ten is everything is like we want it and then we figure out where are we and instead of talking about what's missing, then we start talking in the team. So what if we say we have a five, how come we don't have a three now? And then we talk about the things that we have in place. And then we start exploring a little bit. But what if we would to be saying that we were a six instead of a five? What would we have in place? And we often talk, what, what will the patient see when we are six? What will they discover that we are doing? And then if someone starts talking about I will feel happier or I will feel more pleased, then we try to figure out, well, how will we notice that you are happier? How will the patient notice that we are happier or more pleased? We always try to talk, how will they notice? And we also talk about how we, as friends at work, how will we notice as colleagues that someone has changed something? What will we see them do? Can, can you give me an example? If if people are saying, oh, I will be more happy at work, what do they answer? What will you see? Oh, it's tricky because they, that's uh -huh. a hard question. A lot of them uh -huh. find it hard to answer, but you have to be patient when you ask the question and don't and don't start talking in their place. You send them the question, what will we see you do when you're happier? And then you have to be silent for a while and usually there's something coming. And some have been saying that, well, you, I will say hello to everyone in the morning. I will start with going around and say hello to everyone instead of going into my office at the first. That would be one thing we would notice. Okay, so, so it's it, little things. Yeah, but you were also saying a, a, a good part is to be silent and mm. wait that yes. the answer will mm. come. Mm. So don't be afraid that there is no answer. No. And I think that's not only in the solution focused coaching, mm. that's a, a, a very good coaching tool, mm. silent. Mm. And um, I would like to reflect some more about it. How, uh, how did you train to be silent as a coach? Oh, it's very tricky for me because I like to talk. Mm. But I usually know I do it demonstrate. I sit on my hands because that's a good sign to me to sit on my hands, like literally sit on them. And then when you look at the other person, usually when someone is thinking, they rode, they put their eyes up in the roof a little bit to look at the ceiling and then you, you let them do that and then you wait. Because you have sent, it's like you send something and you have to wait for the, the mail to get back. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good idea to sit on your hands. Yes, that's a good metaphor. And, but you are really doing it. You are really sitting on your hands. Yes, yes. I really, I do, yeah, I try yeah, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And look at um, at the face and look mm. what's happening with the mm. eyes. Mm. And I have another pot. I um, interviewed Ulla from Memologen. Mm. 
And he was also using uh, the body language by yeah. himself as yeah. a coach, but also looking at the body language from those people. So uh, yeah. that's very nice. You both are recognizing yeah. the body language is very important. So to train silence as a coach, that's important. Is there something else to train as a coach? Yeah. I think usually if you try to think and use the same word as the po person or the team that you coach, um, when they answer a question, then you can start your next question with what they answer. Like you say that you want to be more happy. How will I notice that you are more happy? What would you be doing? And then if they say, oh, I might be going around in the morning and say good morning to everyone. Ah, oh, I hear you say you will go and say good morning to everyone. Oh, is there something else we will notice? So you use their language. You use the language and you use the next question. Is mm. there something else? Mm. Yeah, remember that question. Yeah, you, you that's are, a good question. Yeah, that's mm. a good coaching question. What else? Yeah, and uh, if you should be precise, you shouldn't say like I didn't know, is there something else? Because then they can say yes and no. You should say, oh, it's in English now. Um, what, what else? else? Yeah, what else? So they have an open question. Yeah, mm. yeah. So that, that's mm. also very mm. good to reflect on. No? Mm. Uh, open questions. Um, if you don't know what mm. to ask, just ask them what else. Mm. And, yeah, that's good. Uh, and let them really explore all their own solutions. Mm. Yes. Is there something else? <laughs> what else? <laughs> what else? <laughs> As a coach, we can train um, them. It, it, I find it difficult in the beginning, but in solution focus, there is something called a miracle question. Okay. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, of and we have struggled with it yeah. a bit, but it's actually a pretty good one to imagine. What will happen and how will it be if everything is in place and just as you want it? Can, can you just explain also for the listeners, uh, how do you tell yeah, this yeah, question? You have how to, do you do it? You have to really frame it. You have to tell the team like, uh, well, now we have discovered what we want. We know what our 10 is, the top of the scale. Imagine that when you go home tonight, everything and you go to sleep and it's an ordinary night like you usually have it. And then when you wake up in the morning, the miracle has happened. It's a 10. Everything that we want is in place. What is the first, first thing you will notice when you get into work? And then you have to start to explore that. What would we notice if everything is in place? It's, it's, it's quite a good one. Yeah, it's, mm. I, I know that. Um, mm. But some people are still struggling in how they will come to the 10. Mm. Uh, but here they have to discover they have, what looks, what, what's mm. it, what will it look like when it, we are at the 10. Yeah, it's what you did as a kid, I think, because then you had a lot of imagination and you fantasized about your future and what will happen. And I think it's a powerful tool to really explore what we want and how it is uh, when we are there. Yeah, yeah. And the question starts already when you start at work or maybe mm. even when you wake up yeah when you first, wake up when you open your eyes what's the first thing you will notice that tells you that the miracle has happened yeah yeah so so tell me a bit about your struggle with this question and uh, mm. how did you overcome that yeah I, th I think it's more it's more with me maybe than that i think that people think it's a, a tricky question because we come from an area with a lot of religious people that go to churches and they think of miracles as something else. So maybe I am problem putting a bit more problem into it than it should have. It's it's not a big problem, I think. But in the beginning, I thought it was hard to ask it, mm. that people should imagine things and imagine that miracles happen. 
Well, maybe you could frame it that mm. um, this is not a religion. This is mm. just um, an exercise. Yes. This is yeah. another coaching exercise. Yeah. And um, if you don't want to use the word miracle, um, use something else. Use um, mm. yes. What could we use? I don't yeah. know. And and I think, but I think it's also good to frame it so people don't wish. Because we work in healthcare, maybe they will wish for ten more nurses. Then you have to frame it. You have to sort of frame it that your our ten, our best possible way that we want has to be within our resources and what what we can do. You have to have a frame around it within the laws. We can't break the laws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So little things like that that helps a bit, I think, to frame it. And these are our circumstances, so we have that in place. Especially when we work together with other organizations outside us, communities and social insurance companies. And because there is a lot of laws and a bit boring stuff, but we have to yeah. have them in mind. Yeah. So um, framing, um, so that you know the frame, but that you can, uh, that you can imagine what can happen mm. in, in mm. this frame. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any other tricks or tips for coaches mm. that you can say oh this is a bit from the solution focus coaching i think solution focus focus is a lot about it's not what i know as a coach it's very much the knowledge and everything is at the person you talk to or the team um, and have you have to be comfortable with that you can coach someone in in a field that you're not you don't know very well and it works. I think solution focus works because the knowledge is with the team or the person. You don't need to be the expert. No, I don't need to be the expert at all. You can even do it silence. You don't need to hear the answer sometimes if someone wants to be coached in something very secret. Mm -hmm. That that sounds uh, <laughs> interesting. So so um, could we have some question? Could you could we do a, um, an experiment? Mm -hmm. Could we test and coach the listeners and oh. just ask mm -hmm. maybe two or three questions? Yeah, we could try. Uh, I think most people do often have a lot of um, things they want to improve in their personal life. That's an easy one. I think we can talk. We can frame it that this has to be something with your health. Okay, mm. so we'll do it quick now. If we have this little chat now, what would be the best outcome from it? Considering that you want to improve your health. And now for the listeners, you have to figure out your answer in your head. The best outcome after we have had this chat. Mm. We wait, we wait, wait a bit. So the listeners are figuring out what will be the best outcome when we are going to a coaching session about um, about improving your health. health and maybe you could write down mm. who you are listening okay mm? so if this is in place then it, that's your 10 I guess so but then that happen your health is in 10 can you imagine what your health is what it look like what it looks like the best possible health and then I would like you to think what you already do today to improve your health. So if we have a scale from 1 to 10 and 10 is what you want to happen, what would you say, where would you say you are today on that scale? I think we are going quite quickly. So mm -hmm. maybe just just go back to the questions and take some time for yourself. So you have some time, you think of your best health 
and just think of what are you already doing and what was if you're on a scale that 10 is when everything is happening and you have your best best health where are you today mm -hmm. yes so when you have your number then you should give yourself a little thought that how come i didn't say a lower number so if you said a four how come you didn't say three or two well, I know, because yeah. I'm already uh, doing some exercises in the ah, week. It could be something like that, yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. So, if you by the end of this week would be half a point higher, what have you done? What will we see you be doing? By the end of this week, it's Tuesday now, so mm -hmm. I only have three days. Um, oh, like Saturday and Sunday will work too. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So it's a quite uh, short time uh, timeline. Okay, so let's the listeners think about what can you do in a short timeline to improve your health. Half a point. Half a point will we do. Mm. Good. So then we have to ask them if this this was useful for them. Ah yes, on the mm. scale. Yeah. How useful was this little exercise? Was it useful? Did you get any questions that you can use? Or did you get any insights about your health? Was it useful? In what way was it useful? Well, you got a little taste this yeah. time of uh, this one were solution-focused questions. Um, in a way, the questions are quite similar to what we can call motivational interviewing. Yes. Are you familiar with that? A little bit. I, there are some, um, there have been some studies done that compares the both yes. methods. I could have been better in reading them, but I'm, I know they have been compared, com they've done some compare between them. And they have also done some with solution focus with other coach methods. And I think they're all useful. But the, what they say is that solution focus is gives a lot of hope and it's a bit quicker to the end, to the solution. Yeah, I know we have an article from Grant, uh, on Anthony Grant in uh, Australia, mm. and I think Grant and Kavanaugh. And they are comparing solution-focused mm. coaching with problem-based focus. And mm. they say both are coming to the goal. Mm. So the, the, it's not wrong or something, mm. but the solution focus mm. is a bit quicker. Mm. Yes, um, I think that's a nice summary. Mm. And... Um, Let's look for some articles about the comparison between motivational interviewing and mm. problem-based coaching, solution-focused coaching. And thank you very much for your time. Eva thank you, Nicolene. Thank you. This podcast is made by Kulturum Design and Learning Center in Sweden. <laughs>